This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike Morris's Mind Escape. We have episode number 236 tonight. Uh, we are going to discuss Mysteries and Metaphysics 5.1. This Mysteries and Metaphysics is going to be on reincarnation and death. Uh, 5.0 was on near-death experiences. Uh, if you're interested in that, I have the list of all the uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics episodes down below. And, uh, yeah, sorry for the uh, two-week drought here. I was in uh, Florida with my family and uh, had a nice little getaway. Haven't been on vacation for a few years, so it was nice to get away and get a little tan. And, uh, yeah, before we get started here, if everybody wants to head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. For just $2 a month, you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. Uh, I am still working on getting all the old um, uh, episodes that were on there from previous guests, the audio, just the pure audio versions uh, back on there. I still have a few more batches to do here. I'll get those up for everybody uh, since we switched over from SoundCloud. Um, And uh, also we are in Discord again. If you want to chat, come chat on Discord with us. Uh, if you are interested, head on over to our merch store. I have the link down below and our link tree link. Um, as you can see, some of the designs in there, we are living, breathing magic. That's one of my favorite ones. Uh, the mind escape portal. I designed that one too, uh, from the Portara of Naxos. And then, uh, of course the beauty down there, the hashtag let Maurice speak outline. You, you have to get one of those. So, <laughs> um, and then one more thing, we are s- close to getting this in the app store. I got to see what's going on with that, but, uh, head on over to Indra's web dot org. It is live. This is a social media platform. We created to connect open minds. Um, you can go set up a profile. If you want to speculate, hypothesize, theorize, perfect place to do it on all the topics we discuss on the show. Again, I will let everybody know when that is in the app store. So, and we'll get that going and, uh, It'll be a nice kind of a place to just talk about stuff without any interruption from all the other BS on all the other social media sites. So uh, go check that out. 
And uh, one more thing. We are going to give... How many... Do we have larges and mediums left, Maurice? I'd have to check, but I know we have a couple larges. Okay. So congratulations again to Tom Hickey. Uh, we're sending... We Maurice already sent it out. Your shirt should be coming uh, your way to Ireland, which it's it's good to see people from across the pond listening. And congratulations on that. We are going to do it again at the end of this month. Um I will pick a winner at the end of May, and I will also resubmit the people that uh, um, left a review um, last month. So if you want to enter to win, all you have to do is go to uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Podcast, leave a five-star review, take a screenshot of it, and then send the email to mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. That will enter you to win. And, uh, yeah. Um, What's going on, Maurice? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, my man? I'm good. Good. Just trying to get in the back swing of things here. Um, you know, I had a little bit of time to think when I was away, so we're going to be doing some cool stuff going forward, some new ideas. It was nice to reset and just get out of the the day-to-day and uh, have a little break. So, um, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. So I thought we would talk about reincarnation tonight, um, reincarnation, which is also known as rebirth or transmigration of the soul. Um, it's a philosophical or I guess religious, um, concept or idea, um, in which a living being, whether it be an insect, a plant, a human, whatever, uh, when they die, their essence or their soul gets transferred into some other entity, um, which is different, obviously, than like resurrection, which would be somebody coming back to life in their own body. So, um, would, have you ever thought about reincarnation as a possibility, Maurice? Or like, what's your take on reincarnation? When I was a kid, I thought it was very false. Mm. But the more we dive into this esoteric world that we're uh, exploring. Um, I think that there's a good possibility. I, again, I don't know necessarily if it's a reincarnation within this world, but I do think that we go on to a different dimension of sorts. So it's, it's I guess it's an amalgamation of different religious ideas. Are you talking strictly the reincarnation of coming back to Earth? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that would be a version of it, right? Um, My idea of it has to do with, or the way I think about it is this, is that, like all other things, I think it's a possibility. If, let's just say, we find out consciousness is not subject to just brain activity or your neurological system or whatever, um... And let's say it becomes the idea or the idea or theory that, you know, we receive the consciousness almost like we are, our brains are receiving um, those vibrations or that whatever energy or whatever. That's how how it works. I could mm-hmm. see reincarnation being just another possibility. So if you think, I guess it would be no different than thinking that consciousness moves on after death. So do you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you think that when you die, your consciousness potentially lives on, I don't see why the possibility then becomes that that consciousness can inhabit something else 
you know i mean because we don't yeah. really know the metaphysics of that world so why is that not a possibility as well i think that's a a very good example i i look at it as if your radio if your body is a radio and we and it breaks or it you know it gets it gets destroyed that signal that 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 channel still exists so what's to say that there isn't another radio that will pick up that signal and carry on so do you think then that when you say channel okay so like you said that that channel still exists. Well, do you think that there's like just infinite amounts of cha- infinite amounts of channels, and that you specifically are just picking up on one of these channels, or like how do you think realistically that would work? I would like to believe that there's we all have our own channel, and it just takes the correct radio to 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 inhabit that channel. Um, but again, I guess what I, what, I, guess I don't what I'm know. Saying I don't, is, do you get what I'm saying or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I would argue that we all it all could be one source that's pumping out the channel. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's some sort of spectrum of of energy or whatever, and that right. you are unique because the bo- it's the, it's that energy being filtered, filtered through, through the, yeah, your yeah. body, and your body is then that's what makes it different, right? Right. Yeah. Like, for instance, some people say, like, <laughs> we're all God or we're all one or non-duality or whatever. So if you think that that's the case, then what I'm saying would be true, which is that all the the energy that makes life happen or whatever, um, that's filtered through all these different spectrums of beings, and then that's what creates these unique differences or diversity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, or I don't yeah, know. That's it's, a, it's an interesting take on things. I, I I I subscribe to the more individuality, but again, when we pass away, I don't know if we absorb back into the main hub of energy, if you will, and then splinter out again. Um, it's it's pretty heady stuff to to ponder on, though. That's yeah, for sure. definitely is. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, again, it's there's a lot of ways. We'll go through some of the different ways that people think about this concept. But, I mean, I wasn't going to do, we weren't going to do this. But, I mean, we have talked about reincarnation a decent amount in the past on the show. Um, so, I didn't think it was, you know, because it is one of the bigger mysteries. Like, I thought it was important to add it in the mix. So um, I love that. I love this stuff. Again, I don't know how insightful our or my particular outlook will be because I'm kind of open to a lot of different ideas, but I try and channel it all through, um, my religious views as well. So there is mm. some skewed look, although I take a lot of religion. I take a lot of religions to heart. So again, I'm not like, Oh, that, 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 that doesn't coincide with my beliefs over here. I think that you can learn a lot from all religions. I think they all have, positive things to to say and offer Hmm. so uh, the term transmigration means passing of soul from one body to another after death Uh, reincarnation or punar janma um, is a central tenet of indian religions such as buddhism hinduism jainism sikhism um, and most paganism we've we've talked about jainism you know those are the people that 
they believe like harming any type of life like a yeah, spider they sweep or a fly in front of themselves, right. yeah yeah um uh and obviously i think most people know about the buddhist you know if you're into buddhism you're familiar with this stuff same thing with hinduism um and some paganism uh let's see here um there is some indigenous uh, peoples of America uh, that believe the, this stuff. So again, there's different different tribes and different people believe different things, even within the same region. But some indigenous tribes believe in this. Uh, some indigenous Australian tribes also believe in that. Although most Australian indigenous tribes, from what I've gathered, believe in an afterlife or spirit world. Um, mm. Uh, let's see here. So the belief in, or in, in like rebirth or metempsychosis, and we'll get into that in a minute, was held by uh, people like Pythagoras and Plato. We've talked about Pythagoras and his ascetic cults, or his ascetic cult, and Plato and his you know idea of forms and his theory of forms and uh, his ideas on afterlife and metaphysics and stuff like that. Um, so. And then you have like the majority of the denominations of, you know, uh, Christianity and Catholicism and Islam and everything. They believe, um, uh, they do not believe in this, obviously. They believe you go to heaven or another realm. Um, so, and then some, I think, who, some of the more, um, I think, contemporary followers, I believe, I was reading like the Cathars, the Druze, and the Rosicrucians all believe in reincarnation. So there are some smaller sects that do believe in in this. Um, let's see here. Um, a lot of this stuff comes from like Neoplatonism, Orphism, Hermeticism, um, Gnosticism, which we've talked about Gnosticism a lot on the show. Uh, so... Um, yeah, interesting stuff. The word uh, reincarnation is derived from a Latin term that literally means entering the flesh again. Um, reincarnation refers to the belief that an aspect of the human being or every human being of all living beings um, continues to exist after death. This as aspect might be the soul or mind or consciousness uh, that transcends when you're born um, you know, into this interconnected cycle. So, um, the, you know, as I mentioned, the, the beliefs vary from culture to culture. Um, let's see here. Um, so transmigration, um, has been used by like Girdle, um, and some other philosophers, and again, I'll mention the, the Greek equivalent of reincarnation is metempsychosis, um, which meta means to change. And then I don't know what the second part is. I think it's like or something like that. It means to put a soul into. Um, and apparently this term was attributed to Pythagoras. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so I mean when you look at like the origins of it, from what I've gathered, you have the Eastern, um, philosophies and religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Jainism, you know, that could be partially the origin of it. And then also the ancient Greeks, I think had a hand in, 
and this as well. So, hmm. um, but I think the with the Greeks, it's like there's so many, especially the pre-Socratics. There's so many um, interesting thinkers that had so many different ideas and ideas on metaphysics and stuff like that. That I think um, some of those people were bound to come across that as an idea. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, so I looked up again, the origins and there's not really one specific, uh, person or philosopher or theologian or whatever that you can, a religious leader that you can point to and be like, this was the, the beginning of it. But, um, again, the pre-Socratics, I guess the Druids, the Celtic Druids also, uh, taught reincarnation somewhat. So, hmm. um, so the the definition of metempsychosis in philosophy refers to the transmigration of the soul, especially in reincarnation after death. The term is derived, um, uh, you know, again from uh, Greek. And you have I mentioned Gödel. I think also Arthur Schopenhauer um, used the term migration or uh, metempsychosis and then a lot of people use transmigration as the fill-in for that so like metempsychosis you don't really i mean have you ever heard that term it's not really used that often no psychosis yeah. not madam <laughs> it's madam m-e-t-e-m madam. yeah um so i guess the first greek philosopher or thinker to discuss this was uh pharisees of cyros who supposedly was pythagoras's teacher um pythagoras did not create this idea um some thought that maybe he got it from his travels to egypt but i guess um, there's some people that push against that and say that he actually got it from the Orphic cults and the, or the Orphic tradition. Um, so, and then he spread it throughout, uh, Magna Grecia. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of these things, it's going to be impossible to find the origin of something like that, which it's so ancient. You know, you could go to the most ancient text, um, where it's described, but even that's not really, um, you know, reliable. So, Let's see here. Uh, Plato mentioned similar things in a lot of his uh, dialogues. Um, Some of these things can be found in the Phaedrus, um, Mino, the Phaedo, Timaeus, uh, and Laws. Let's see here. Uh, In terms of like, again, a lot of these ideas, especially like religious ideas come from Plato's theories or, um, like the theory of forms and, uh, um, his different dialogues. So, I mean, there's a reason why people talk about Plato so often, especially in regards to philosophy, because a lot of his ideas were so, um, influential and transformational for, the idea of metaphysics and what's possible, what's not possible, you know, the epistemology of what can we know, what do we know regarding these topics. So, yeah, obviously we're still talking about this stuff today. So yeah, very good insight. Uh, um, let's see here. Uh, in the eschatological myth, 
that closes the Republic, he tells how Ur, the son of Arminius, uh, miraculously returned to life on the twelfth day after death and recounted the secrets of the other world. After death, he said he went with others to the place of judgment and saw the souls returning from heaven and proceeded with them to a place where they chose new lives, human and animal. He saw the soul of Orpheus changing into a swan, uh, Thymros uh, becoming a nightingale, musical birds choosing to be men, and at, um, Atalanta choosing the, uh, um, the honors of an athlete. Uh, men were seen passing into animals and wild and tame animals changing into each other. After their choice, the souls drank of lethe. Um, I think that means like nothingness. Uh, and then shot away uh, like stars to their birth. Um, there are myths and theories uh, to the same effect in, the, in other dialogues, which I mentioned, which would be the Phaedrus, Mino, Phaedo, Timaeus, and Laws. Um, sounds like so, some serious visuals. There. <laughs> I like uh, it. Yeah, I had to look up Lethe too, or um, because I thought maybe that, that was like a possibly another psychedelic potion, but it actually means I forget exactly what it means. But uh, look up L E T H E. I think it means like, un like uh, nothingness. Maybe I don't know. Anyways, um. So, and then some people debate whether Plato really believed in metempsychosis or if he just references it a few times, like how, how important was it to his philosophy? So, I mean, that's still debated, but people debate about Plato's stuff all the time. So there's two meanings. It's a river in Hades whose water causes drinkers to forget their past okay. or it means oblivion and forgetfulness. Okay. I said so, nothingness and it was close. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Orphe okay, so um, I mentioned the Orphic cults and Orpheus earlier when I was talking about Pythagoras and like the origins of this this thinking. And Orpheus was a Thracian bard, a legendary musician, prophet in, um, in ancient Greek religion. Uh, he was also a renowned poet, and supposedly he traveled with Jason and the Argonauts when they were on their quest for the Golden Fleece. Um, mm. and the thing is that why I believe that this is why it's equated to it is he's was supposedly, he descended into the underworld of Hades to recover his lost wife, uh, Eurydice, or you, I don't know how you pronounce that. Eurydice, 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 I don't know. So <laughs> don't look at me, man. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good with the Greek stuff, but yeah, I mean, you never I'll know. Butcher. Oh, you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, interest, interesting stuff. I mean, a lot again. Stuff. When we discuss metaphysics, I think you're always going to find the Greeks mixed in somehow or at some point. So yeah. Um, let's see here. Early Jainism, Buddhism, and Hinduism. So these are the concepts of the cycle of birth and death, uh, samsara, and uh, so. I guess uh, these also come from like ascetic tradition. So like Pythagoras is ascetic cult or ascetic tradition means like, um, uh, like for instance, Pythagoras made every, I think most people were like um, vegetarians and just for withholding of like pleasures kind of a thing, almost like, mm -hmm. um, like a monk maybe kind of, or a monastery style of living. Um, 
let's see here. Um, so all that's, you know, this started to come about around the first millennium BC in, uh, in India. So, and then you get, you know, I, I think the first, um, I, uh, the first text where you start to see, um, reincarnation, um, uh, from that region is in the Upanishads, uh, from the Vedic period around 1100 BC, uh, I think all the way to like five or 600 BC, uh, which predated Buddhism or Buddha. Um, and, um, uh, there's no direct evidence, uh, you know, well, I guess that doesn't really make sense. So, uh, anyways, so when you look at, when you look at the idea of this, I mean, do you think sometimes, or at least I wonder, do we, do, are we constantly coming up with new theories and ideas to get around the idea that we're just all going to die? Right. Make everything's going to die. Better. Yeah. So like we're going to die. Um, when we die, you know, other things are going to die and it's going to get to the point three billion years from now where the sun is going to engulf us. If then that's, if something else doesn't happen, like we collide with the Andromeda galaxy and you know, everything like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so at some point that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden the universe is going to get so spread out from, uh, heading into the dark, the dark uh, energy territories of the universe, that eventually everything is going to get so cold and die out. Now, does that slingshot back into a big bang and start all over again? I don't know. Almost like the the universe is going to experience some sort of reincarnation. But um, yeah, well that, that we would have to define a lot of things. Is our planets alive? Are they conscious? Is the universe conscious? Well, not. A, I mean, I guess in terms of that being accurate in terms of terminology, but like just the idea that um, we're also relating everything to physical, the physical dimension. Well, that's all we know. Well, we know there's I mean, other I, dimensions. I, well, I mean, yeah, we know that there's other things going on, and we know we'll probably discover more things. Obviously, I mean, is. The thing that we we've talked about a lot on the show, though, when you talk about dimensions and everything, are they spatial dimensions? Because, for instance, time—you can't even really—you can count time, you can quantify time, but time's not like a thing, right? I mean, it's physical space. Time is supposedly there, but like, can you? You know, it's not like length with height. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So time like, seems to only be relevant for things that are living. Right. But any so, in that case, other things are gonna die too. They might not know they're dying. But then we can go back to like panpsychism too, which is the idea that everything has some level of consciousness. So it might not be apparent to us, but as you mentioned, like a planet might have some sort of level of consciousness, or uh, you know, a galaxy might have its own consciousness compared to other galaxies. There might be layers and layers upon con- of consciousness upon consciousness. Yeah, I like to get into the uh, the old Rudolf Steiner stuff because he talks about different levels of consciousness. And I'm gonna bring him up here. I think he's in my notes. Oh, this. is he nice? Well, I I was just because I've been listening to some of his stuff, but it's like whatever we are now. If you learn the right lessons in our state as a human, then you will you will move on to another consciousness, which I guess you don't necessarily know. You might get your own. You might become a planet. 
You mm. might have your own Maisie planet. I don't know. Mm. I like it. That's pretty. It's interesting to think, but yeah, no, I it's mean, hard to say one thing for sure because there's obviously a lot of speculation when you get into a topic like this. But yeah, I I think that you you kind of hit it on the head that humans are we want to prolong our lives as long as possible, so we want to believe in something that will will propel us past our own our our death as a, as a material being and what does that what what are we cuz if you break it all down it's like that little game you play it's like well who are you well my name's michael but it's like okay but that's your name and who are you you know and you keep going down that line where you know i'm this guy it sounds but like some you sort are... of emerson trap <laughs> no i mean it's it, it's it's not a trap it's just it's hard to define who you are if you base everything in the material it's like you you aren't your body and then it gets down to the to the real esoteric where you really aren't your own you're, you aren't your thoughts because they kind of just come to you so where where is the line of what is material and what is actually you it's it's hard to explain again i'm coming from the camp of of, of hard spirituality yeah, so like, a lot of I people mean, will... that's going to be the debate until like until see like they could tell you this neuron fires at this time and here's your your uh your you know your neurobiology and this is happening and that's happening and this is this is you know this part of the brain's firing at this moment and this is why you're thinking this and mm-hmm. they might be able to tell you all that but they still they can't you can't it'll never describe experience like you'll never by knowing how something works doesn't really explain experience so which is that's kind of weird so even if they get the, all of the the neurochemistry and um they map out the brain or whatever it's still that's still not going to explain anything it's just going to show you how that happens so i mean this is going to go on forever this debate until maybe i don't know we don't exist anymore who knows yeah yeah maybe we're never supposed to to know there's a lot of things that our brain can't fathom infinite mm. you know infinity and things of that nature so even nothing like we say nothing but nothing's still a thing it's not really nothing right but, yeah uh, if you ponder the fact if you ponder nothing like if you did if you die and you don't go anywhere then there's it's just it, it's nothingness it's that's hard to comprehend too well it's so. like i guess the closest thing you could figure out to being like dying is like when you go to sleep and don't dream yeah do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i mean i don't dream obviously all night especially if you're you know you're vaping oh, or smoking. I or went on an adventure whatever. last night. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, so, so let's say you know you're doing those things and like you, you're not dreaming as much. So it'd be like going to bed, getting a good night's sleep, and just not being aware when you're sleeping. And then yeah, it's, it, that that is a very good example because also when you're when you're sleeping, time is irrelevant. You close your eyes, you wake up. Hours have gone by, so it's like. I mean, your body still knows about time. You know, yeah, like you'll still true. wake up after a certain amount of time, or the sun, or what. You know, like you'll still, you know, it'll still happen. I guess it would be but interesting. You're heavily to see. rooted in. You're you're rooted in the reality. You're rooted in this material world still. So that's all gonna keep. I won't be able to do it for apart. a long time, but I do want to try the complete darkness experiment at some point in my life. Oh, yeah. I'll lock you in a car for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember? Hey, you're telling Maurice was talking. I forget who you were talking to, but you told me he's like, yeah, this guy told me he's like, man, you really want to trip out? 
He's like, you just lock yeah. yourself in a car for a week and tell me what happens. Like that sounds. Yeah, he's I can't like, even... forget about mushrooms. Forget about pot. He goes, you want to get messed up, man? <laughs> he goes, my parents went away for a week, a weekend, and I locked myself in a truck, and all sorts of weird stuff started happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would probably go crazy. I couldn't do that. But yeah, the complete That's darkness. That's essentially probably what's going on. I don't know like, I though, but like... I could. I feel like I could do the darkness. I don't know. Well, people have been getting alternate altering their their consciousness through all kinds of means it doesn't necessarily need you you don't necessarily need to ingest a chemical there's other ways of yeah you of can creating that so meditate you can extreme even working out gets you know or depriving yourself because essentially when you take like a mescaline or something yeah, fasting. you're depriving yourself a protein so that's what's affecting your mind fasting, what, that's that's physical you know, but what's yeah. going on in the actual mind that's that's up for debate you know what i mean yeah but the the no i mean i forget how long but i was reading something was that like two weeks they say you can even possibly activate dimethyltryptamine in your brain in complete darkness i mean i don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not but i've seen people talk about it uh, leonardo da vinci baby <laughs> yeah leonardo da vinci disappearing in a cave for a couple of weeks coming out and ascended painting master it's a little suspicious mm-hmm. he saw those he saw those realms i don't, I know. don't know man all right so back to the the timeline here uh, the early buddhist text discussed rebirth as part of the doctrine of samsara um, this asserts that the nature of existence is self-laden a uh, suffering laden cycle of life death rebirth without beginning or end um and that is the Buddha famously said, I think all forms of uh, attachment are suffering. I mean, yeah, that's a Vedantic belief as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Buddhist texts also assert that enlightened person knows his previous births, a knowledge achieved through high levels of meditative concentration. Uh, Tibetan Buddhism discusses death. Again, the bardo, which... Uh, is the uh, intermediate state between life and death, uh, the rebirth in texts such as the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So if you're interested in like the, the esoteric traditions on like all this stuff or um, you know you're just interested in these topics in general, definitely check out the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I think both of those are good good places to uh, start when you're researching these topics. Yeah, I've never read that, but you know I a movie popped up on one of my uh, streaming apps is Enter the Void. I might have to revisit this thing. Yeah, you were talking about that when we had Rick Strassman on because he was saying that he – was that the one he was talking about? We were no, talking no, about Upstream Color He said he well, saw – no, he thought he saw, saw that one. But, yeah, he, I think you guys were – I know fan, they talk about that book in there. He has it in – he has the book in, the, in yeah. the movie or something. Yeah. Um. But so – and then – uh it says while nirvana, or nirvana is taught as the ultimate goal in the in uh, Theravadan Buddhism, um, and is essential to Mahayana Buddhism, uh, the vast majority of contemporary Buddhists focus on accumulating good karma and acquiring merit to achieve better reincarnation in the next life. So I think part of this, though, too, is like. Don't supposedly I don't know I don't remember exactly but supposedly in these um, in these traditions 
you, you kind of reincarnate as your nature. So if you're like a human being that just like wants to fight everybody or you're like aggressive or whatever, you might come back as like a, I don't even know, like a, a tiger or something, you know, something like uh-huh. that. And if you're like a peaceful, nice person, maybe you come back as a golden retriever. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. know. But, but don't you think if you were, were a really good person, you wouldn't ascend to something higher than human? Or is that the highest you can go? Who knows? I mean, maybe there's more. Maybe that's just, you know. But again, you have to think about like, so like anytime we talk about like religion and stuff like that, these are just other human beings that came up with these ideas too, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that they're wrong or that's not possible. I think a lot of things are possible. I think uh, consciousness surviving death, I think near death experiences. I think all these things some, something real is going on real mystical psychedelic experiences, you know, um, reincarnation. Why are not, why not all possible? You know, the universe is huge and infinite. Why aren't these, all these things possible? Um, and I'll, I'll get more into that in a little bit of why I think that that's the case. But you know, if you think a lot of things are possible through the human mind or whatever, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see why some of this other stuff couldn't be, but, um, so it says the earliest, um, the earliest layers of Vedic text incorporate the concept of life followed by an afterlife in heaven and hell based on cumulative virtues, um, or vices. Uh, however, the ancient Vedic, uh, rishis challenged this idea of the afterlife as simplistic because people do not live equally moral or immoral lives between generally virtuous lives. Some are more virtuous while evil has, you know, has degrees as well. Uh, the texts also assert that it would be unfair for people with varying degrees of virtue or vices to end up in heaven or hell, uh, either or, um, and in disappropriate manner, irrespective to how virtuous or vicious their lives were. Uh, they introduced the ideas of an afterlife in heaven or hell in proportion to one's merit. So that's kind of interesting. Let's see here. Um, so, I mean, we can get into some of the comparisons, but um, as far as the differences go it seems like everything's just kind of like a little bit of this or a little bit of that something they believe this little twist or that little twist it's not really massive differences in the the philosophy i mean because if you believe you come back it's it's only going to be a matter of options there's really not going right. to be that many options yeah um let's see here um so a second century Roman sarcophagus shows the mythology and symbolism of the Orphic and Dionysiac mystery schools. Orpheus plays his lyre on the left. Okay, so um, this just goes into a little thing about uh, ancient Rome. I'm not going to get into that. We'll pass that by. I mentioned uh, Pharisees or Phara, yeah, Pharisees of Cyrus, who was just the first per- first Greek to kind of start mentioning this topic that we know of, and then. Pythagoras picked up on that. Um, let's see here. Again, this comes from the Thracian rigid, uh, re, ugh, Thracian religion. Um, so, like the Thracians were kind of considered like kind of bar, semi-barbaric um, 
compared to, you know, like, let's say some of the Athenians or something like that. So, um, that's why it's interesting that this is where that came from in, in that context. So, cause mm. I mean, then you have like Plato talking about this stuff. So, um, the Orphic religion, which taught reincarnation about the sixth century BC organized itself into the mystery schools at Eleusis and, and elsewhere, uh, it produced a copious amount of literature. Orpheus, uh, its legendary founder, um, is said to have taught that the immortal soul aspires to freedom while the, the body holds it prisoner. Uh, the wheel of birth re um, revolves. The soul alternates between freedom and cap captivity uh, around the wide circle of ne necessity. Orpheus proclaimed uh, the need of the grace of the gods, uh, Dionysus, in, uh, Dionysus in particular, and the self-purification until the soul is completed and the spiral ascent of destiny to live forever. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely pr I subscribe to that. We're uh, eternal or uh, hmm. hold on a second. We're uh, immortal. We're, we're, yeah, we're immortal spiritual beings having temporary human experiences. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people believe that. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's like, what do you want me to, like, I, I, do I believe that's possible? Yeah, I believe that's possible, but I don't know. I have to, I'm going to have to, at, once we're done with the mysteries and metaphysics, uh, I'll have digested, I think, a lot of things and kind of come out with a new perspective on what my actual take or philosophy is going forward. So, um, let's see, it says an association between Pythagorean philosophy and the reincarnation was routinely accepted throughout antiquity, as Pythagoras also taught about reincarnation. However, Unlike the Orphics, who considered uh, metempsychosis a cycle of grief that could be escaped by attaining liberation from it, Pythagoras seems to postulate an eternal and neutral reincarnation where subsequent lives would not be conditioned by any action done in the previous. So this sounds like um, the Orphics believed that... Um, it's kind of like a, a punishment is being reincarnated and that somehow you have to find the way to escape it. And then Pythagoras believed that you just come back as something random or a random person and that starts all over again. So there's no real actual um, like karma associated with it, if you will. Yeah. But I don't know if the, how true that is, though, because I wonder why he was part of an ascetic or he created an ascetic cult, then, like, why why become a vegetarian if you don't think it has any effect on, I don't know. It is a healthier way to live. Maybe he thought that it was Could be and cleaner. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, yeah, it has to do with, like, you know. I mean, look, when I quit drinking coffee, caffeine, Coke, um, all that stuff, sugar, I mean, I became way calmer. My anxiety went way down. Um I was able to meditate and achieve higher states of meditation. So I'm not saying that it's directly correlated, but at least for me and my biochemistry, it definitely helped. And I think that that has an impact on that. So, Yeah, I'm sure it does. Okay, let's see here. Um, in Celtic paganism in the first century BC, Alexander Cornelius Polyhister wrote, 
And what a name. Uh, the Pythagorean doctrine prevails among Gauls, teaching that the souls of men are immortal and that the fixed number of years they will enter into, or a fixed number of years they will enter into another body. Um, let's see here. Julius Caesar recorded that the Druids of Gaul, Britain, and Ireland had metapsychosis as one of their core doctrines. So again, you have the Druids in there as well. Um, we should do one on the Druids. I don't think we've really talked about the Druids that much, but we both have uh, Celtic heritage, so I think that would be interesting to dive into. Yeah, that would be sweet. I still have to, I haven't read it in a while, but I have that book, The Quest for the Galloping Hogan, i got to read too. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that gem. <clears throat> Let's see here. Um, mm, it says uh, Hippolytus uh, or Letus of Rome believed that the Gauls had been taught the doctrine of reincarnation from a slave of Pythagoras named Zalmoxis. Uh, conversely, Clement of Alexandria believed that Pythagoras himself had learned it from the Celts and not the opposite. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, could go could go either way on that one. Um, let's see here. Germanic paganism. Uh, surviving texts indicate that there was a belief of rebirth in Germanic pith, uh, uh, paganism. Uh, examples include figures like Edic poetry, Oh, a few figures from Edic poetry and sagas. I don't even know what any of that is. Um, I don't know anything about Germanic history. So, moving on. Uh, Judaism. So, the belief of reincarnation developed among Jewish mystics in the medieval world, uh, among whom different explanations were given of the afterlife, although um, with a universal belief in an immortal soul. Uh, you have the uh, uh, Kabbalah or Kabbalah, mm -hmm. uh, which teaches belief in um, transmigration of souls, and so I mean, there you go. Um, let's see here. Um, it says you also have a esoteric belief within the modern Orthodox Judaism. Judaism and Zohar um, first published in the 13th century. Let's see. Christianity. So um, in Roman Greco thought, the concept of metempsychosis disappeared with the rise of early Christianity. Obviously, most Christians believe you go to heaven when you die if you're a good person. Yeah. Um, reincarnation being uh, incompatible with the Christian core doctrine uh, of salvation. Um Let's see here. And then we get to Gnosticism, which we've talked a lot about on our show. We had, who did we had Martin from the Alchemical Mind on to discuss, uh, you know, kind of the history of Gnosticism and all the stuff a while back. That was a good episode, so check that out if you haven't already. Um, let's see here. Several, several Christian Gnostic sects uh, um, professed reincarnation, um, so... The Sethians and the followers of Valentinus, or Valentinus believed in it. The followers of uh, Bardeas, Bardesian, I don't know how you pronounce that, and um, uh, of Mesopotamia and a sect of 2nd century deemed heretical of the Catholic Church. Um, 
drew upon Chaldean uh, astrology. So, hmm. Let's see here. Um, okay, so um, basically Gnosticism, I mean, you have obviously Plato, which all this stuff comes from, um, and then you have Platonism and then Neoplatonism, um, it's kind of like pre-Christianity and a lot of the metaphysical ideas of Christianity kind of spawned out of Neoplatonism. Um, but so you have, obviously we've talked about Plato a million times on this podcast. I'm not going to go too much into his theories. You can go back and listen to some of our older episodes if you're not familiar, but just the idea theory of forms, which there's this other realm, this more perfect realm where, everything gets its essence from and it's almost like an um uh, a flawed copy like we're living in a flawed world a flawed universe created by an inferior demiurge or a god who thinks it's god that's not really the god that there's actually right, one right. true god again i'm not going to go into the whole thing but that's just the it's quite general, interesting general basis of it um and then you have you know um people like Irenaeus and other people from the ancient world who were critical of all this kind of stuff. So you can go back and um, look at all that stuff. But So then you have Taoism or Taoism uh, and documents from the early Han Dynasty which claimed that Lao Tzu appeared on Earth as different persons in different times um, beginning in the legendary era of three uh, sovereigns and five emperors. Um, let's see here. Chuangsa states that birth is not a beginning. Death is not an end. There is an existence without limitation. There is continuity without a starting point. Existence without limitation in space. Continuity without a starting point is time. There is birth. There is death. There is, um, there is issuing forth. There is entering in. Interesting. Yeah, it's a circle. Carcosa. Whoa. <laughs> the end is. I got to watch this again. Uh, yeah, True Detective Season 1 is amazing. If it's the best nobody's, nobody's mini series ever made. You should go watch it because it's unbelievable. Um, let's see here. Um, it says around in the Middle Ages, around the 11th and 12th century in Europe, there was a uh, reincarnationist movement, or there were several of them, um, and they were persecuted as heresies. Let's see here. These included the Cathars, the Paterines, um, and the Albigsen. I don't even know how to pronounce some of this stuff. Anyways, moving on. Um, let's see here. Might go past that. So then you get to let's just move past some of the medieval stuff because it's just not that interesting to anybody. So um, the 19th and 20th centuries, you have like psychologist and philosopher William James um, talking about this stuff. By the 19th century, you have Schopenhauer, Nietzsche. Um, you have. Uh, People like David Thoreau, Walt Whitman, Rolf, well, uh, Rolf, <laughs> Rolf, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Rolf. 
Yeah. Uh, Francis Bowen. Um, and those guys were into it? Yeah, they were all talking about it. I mean, I don't know if... Uh-oh. What happened here? All right. I don't know what happened. This thing disappeared, but... Yeah, I'm not sure about those, like, throw what his religious views were. Have you read uh, any of his stuff? Um, is that Walden? Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had, I've read that a couple times. I think once in school. I don't really remember it. I know it was pretty cool, though, because it's just him chilling in nature and drawing a bunch of insight from being you know isolated from the human race and i think it's a really good book i i'd have to read it again though to, to refresh my memory hmm. interesting you never read it no i did i'm just curious what your take was and it was the most yeah. basic take i've ever heard in my life about it so well what did, what's your take no i'm just joking man <laughs> no, again was... i don't really remember it that much i just know he's chilling at that lake alone and he i read it a long time cool ago thought. as well yeah um, I think we had to read it in school too. Yeah. English class. Anyways, um so where were we? Um then you have the people from the Theosophical Societies talking about it, and then you get to later on, you even get to uh young talked about it and all that stuff. Um I'm actually rereading right now. Carl Jung's A Modern uh, Man's Search for a Soul. Um, so I'll let you know how that goes. Sounds sweet. Oh, it's sweet, bro. So sweet. Um, so again, we talked about Buddhism. Obviously, Buddhism is probably when people think about reincarnation, they either probably think about Hinduism or Buddhism because those are usually the two religions or philosophical ideas that are associated with it mm-hmm. um let's see here it says in the 12th century there were some japanese paintings that show um the six buddhist realms of reincarnation um again the tibetan book of the dead is a really good uh interesting read regarding this stuff um we talked about the christians which didn't really have much to offer in this regard. Um, let's see here. The Druze, um, Hinduism, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, Islam doesn't really, they all kind of believe similar to Christianity, except... Um, uh, as, as they don't believe in reincarnation similar to Christianity, but they, I guess, I think the Sufis, some Sufi sects had um, uh, belief in that as well, in reincarnation. Jainism, you, you mentioned the people uh, that are, you know, they don't want to harm a fly or a bug or anything like right. that. And all, all of it gets tallied up towards your karma, kind of, you know, so... Well, I'm sure a lot has to do with if they are very into reincarnation, then those flies and bugs and stuff could be people. You know what I mean? Right. And then I guess they found a 17th century cloth depicting seven levels of hell or Jane hell. Um, so 
I don't want to know about that. No, not before bedtime. I squished seven spiders. <laughs> I've been leaving them in my house or escorting them outdoors. I feel bad now. Yeah, I, I honestly, anything living, I try not to kill. I'm, you know, I'm trying to. Depends if you have a woman in the house. If my girlfriend was here. Oh yeah, my wife. I'd have to. My crush. wife can't even look at an ant. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to crush because they'd still be there. I'm honestly bug. I mean, we grew up. We used to catch bugs, you know, and have like those little things. They're like specimen cages, yeah, oh, yeah. things. You know, we can. There's like a little microscope or um, a little like a magnifying glass thing attached to it, so you can like look at the close up of these bugs and stuff. I don't know. You and I were also very into catching critters of different types. I Usually, used to like the bugs, but now I I don't like the the, the creepy crawlies. We used Animals to catch weird stuff too, like beetles. You know, yeah, we would catch weird that beetles. Yeah, that freaks me out, man. I don't want it in my hand. <laughs> I remember um, a stick bug landed on my cousin's arm. Dude, those I are kind of creepy, the, actually. I go, there's a stick bug. He looks over and he starts freaking out. It's <laughs> funny. Who, Nick? No, Bobby. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because I know that exact feeling when something's on you and... You just you just don't want it on you. Well, we named the last band I was in. We named after that it was called the Magical Pack Sniffian. We named it after the Magical Pack Sniffian bug. Whatever that was, a big cicada, this multi-layered colored beast. There's we've Might seen have been multi- a mini moth man. I don't know. We've seen multiple of them when we were camping. The, mm-hmm. I mean, different types too. When you're camping, I think, cic- I think they're cicadas, dude. No, dude, those weren't cicadas. I've seen a million cicadas, dude. That wasn't a cicada. This thing had it was the most colorful thing. It looked like a cross between like a butterfly, a bee, and like a mantis or something. It was yeah. Crazy. You all, there's also been some psychedelics on these trips, so it could have been yeah, a well, gateway into to... sometimes you see things, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we used to catch all sorts of. We were all into. You know, he's usually catch and release. You know, you catch a turtle, you release it back. You catch a snake. I don't have a problem with any animals. I, I don't mind reptiles or anything. The bug genre, the insects. No, 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 no. Not a yeah, fan and, of Yeah, and then we, when we got to high school, freshman year high school, we found weed, and then it was no more bugs, no more <laughs> snakes, no more. The paranoia set in, and the creepy yeah. crawlies went out. Then Maury started to get real scared, real quick. Yeah. Um, no, I don't like the creepy crawlies. Those things freak me out. That's why a lot of these creatures are based on insects in these sci-fi movies, like Alien. Yeah. It's weird, man. And they, yeah. I was watching a making of Alien, and the idea that these wasps would implement their, their larvae into a caterpillar or something, and they, they, these things live in the inside of these caterpillars, yeah, there's you know, a lot of stuff like nutrients from their. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen those videos of like those worms that didn't get into like pre mantis and stuff and makes them like move their hands and stuff in certain yeah. ways. There's I even like, like there's fungus too. Like there's the nootropic mushrooms that like grow in like caterpillars and ants and stuff like that too. Do you I know don't about like that? that? Creepy crawly man. It's like a story from those those old. It like uh, hijack. There's these like other funguses that'll like hijack like ants' minds, and then they'll like walk off the branch onto the ground, and then that like fertilizes the ground even more with the thing. So like the parasite or the organism or the you know whatever it is, the mycelium, 
who's trying to get this thing so it can reproduce itself so it like makes them do stuff it's like do you ever think about that like humans like it's alien are these is our gut bacteria making us do it's already hijacked us you know that's very true and again more sugar you know yeah the more the more information we learn is the gut is more of a controlling of our emotions so well your gut contains like 80 percent of your serotonin too so yeah um chew on that (laughs) uh so there's ho chunk which is uh reincarnation is an intrinsic part of the northern native american uh and inuit traditions um let's see it's heavily hold on what does it say so it looks like um they have reincarnation traditions taught by thundercloud a winnebago uh ho-chunk tribe shaman referred to and uh as tc in the narrative okay so it looks like some native american um oh yeah cordyceps thank you dead dead beat that's what I meant. I, what did I say? Nootropic. I meant cordyceps mushrooms. Um, uh, yeah, that's when the the mycelium or the fungus infects these bugs and then like blows up and then it spreads that you know to other parts of the the ground or the canopy or whatever. So yeah, interesting stuff. Um, Let's see here. Okay, and then you get to like newer religious and spiritual movements. You have Spiritism. It says the tomb of Alan Kardec, founder of Spiritism. The inscription on his tomb says in French, "To be born, to or to be born, die, again be reborn, and so progress un- unincreasingly. Such is the law." So interesting. Uh, Spiritism was a Christian philosophy codified in the 19th century by French educator Alan Kardec. Um, It taught reincarnation or rebirth in the human life and death cycle. Uh, Let's see here. Then you get like the uh, Theosophical Society. This is getting into what you were asking about, like Rudolf Steiner, uh, which it draws a lot from... Uh, the Vedic and Indian traditions. I'm sure you've heard Steiner talk. It sounds very Eastern uh, spiritual style um, in terms of all that stuff. Then you get to Anthropos. Yeah, which is interesting, though, because he is a cat. He's Christian. Right. Well, I think that he probably was just taking the best elements of these different traditions and applying them or their philosophies or whatever and applying them to... Because, like, again, I mean how could you be Christian and think that you're right and everybody else is wrong? Just like, how could you be a Buddhist and think you're right and everybody's wrong? Or how could you be a Hindu and think every, you know what I'm saying? It just, you can go on and on and on. How could you think that you're right and everybody else is wrong when other people are making up these, this mythology based on experiences, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just their interpretation of that. So whatever their interpretation is of it, um, it then becomes some sort of like, archetype which gets embedded in people century after century after century until it becomes an actual entity which is are these thoughts real things then at that point or are they still just a creation of man you know of some unknown purpose so uh then we get to anthroposophy um so again you have rudolf steiner um who talks a lot about this stuff. Um, I mean, we've done, I mean, we used to do, he's got some weird stuff I don't agree with and some sketchy stuff as well, but 
um, we've done past episodes on some of his beliefs and there's some interesting stuff in there in terms of yeah i'm a big fan spiritual person or you like that kind of stuff he does a lot of like you can go on youtube you can find a lot of rudolf steiner um talks and uh, it's similar to like listening to um uh what's his face you gotta pay attention i'll tell you that like a terrence mckenna kind of or yeah uh, i mean he tries to marry uh spirituality Watts, you know it's like it's like he's got a lot of those kinds of rantings on there so um let's see here uh then you have like modern astrology of uh helena, uh, helena B- uh, blavatsky who was instrumental and in, or influential in rudolf steiner stuff um again you can talk about like jungian psychology there's some stuff in there uh, hermeticism, Neoplatonism, um, I guess Wicca in, in the Wiccan religion or Neo-Pagan religions. Um, some of them believe, you know, certain tenets like uh, harm none, do as ye will. Uh, Wiccans believe in a form of um, karmic return where one's deeds are returned either in this current life or another life. Um Let's see here. Again, in the Western world, we mentioned all the Orphic uh, traditions, the Pythagoreans. Uh, it says Emanuel Swedenborg, or Borg, excuse me, Emanuel Swedenborg believed that we believe that the physical world once, but uh, then go through several lives. In the spiritual world, a kind of hybrid of Christian tradition and popular view of reincarnation. Um. Yeah, so all these things kind of have some overlapping themes. Theosophy, Anthroposophy, the Kabbalah, Gnostic thinking or Gnostic text, Esoteric Christianity. Um, let's see here. So this is interesting. Do you remember what what was that one? It was called Surviving Death on Netflix. Is It's like a, yeah. like a six-part documentary-style series. Um so the first one is on near-death experiences, which I recommend. It's actually yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's the good. only good one. No, there's another one, the reincarnation <laughs> ones. I thought, that, I thought the reincarnation one was good, too. I forget what. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was like good. Four being... or five, episode four or five. And then, you know, there's one, like, physical mediums, and then there's one where this person seemed I, – I hate when I see, like, somebody who's had somebody recently deceased go to, like, a psychic, and then they're telling them, Oh, I see orange. And then the person's like, I liked orange. We liked orange juice together. Like, okay. Like there's just too much reading into that stuff. And it always happens to be the deceased person's, um, like, it just seems like it's kind of like preying upon them. I'm not saying that nobody has any abilities, but it just seems like a lot of the stuff I've seen is just very, very sketchy in my opinion. Yeah. I tend to agree with you, but I have heard some interesting stories from friends I'm not saying it's not possible. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying what I've seen on TV, these stupid shows that are on TV too, like the popular ones, these types of medium shows and whatever. I haven't seen anything where I'm like impressed or it wasn't like overproduced or something like that, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, but I'm open to it. If somebody says, if somebody came to me and told me some shit that only I knew or, or only me and like another person knew or something, that would impress right. me. Don't tell me. You know, blue. Oh, the sky's blue. We, my, my father and I lived in Florida. The sky was always blue. You know, like shit like that. Don't mm-hmm. show me that, because I, I don't believe it. 
but I'm open to it. Um, so over a period of 40 years, it says psychiatrist. Okay. So this, Oh, this is what I was going to say. This guy that I'm about to mention was in this surviving death documentary. Um, the reincarnation episode, it says over a 40 year period, psychiatrist Ian Stevenson from the university of Virginia conducted more than 200 or 2,500 case studies of young children who claim to remember past lives. He published 12 books, including uh, 20 cases suggested of re, uh, suggestive of reincarnation, reincarnation and biology, um, a contribution to the uh, ideology or ideology and birthmarks and birth defects, um, and where reincarnation and bio, uh, biology intersect. I haven't read all any of those, but I assume they're pretty interesting. He seems like a seemed like a normal person, and he worked at the University of Virginia. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. It says in his cases, he documented the child's statements and testimonies from family members and others, often along with correlates of to a deceased person. Uh, who in some ways seemed to match the child's memory. Stevenson also investigated cases which the birthmarks and birth defects seemed to match wounds and scars on the deceased. Sometimes included in his documentation were medical records like autopsy, photographs, um, expecting controversy and skepticism. Stevenson also searched for confirming evidence of alternative ex explanations for these reports. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but most of them were, had no normal explanation at all. So, uh, I, if you recall in that series, there was the one case, which is like a famous case. I've seen it on like 10 different shows where this kid, when he was like a two or three years old, started talking about like getting shot yeah. down in Japan and world war two. And then uh -huh. started mentioning exact like plane numbers and people's names that were, that's like a famous one. Um, I forget the the kid's name, but as he got older, he started to lose those night those nightmares of being shot down and those memories and all the names and people and everything. But that's the most famous one. That one's in there. Another one that I thought was interesting was the guy that remembered this lady's dead dad, and there's things that he knew about this lady's dead dad, like he had like a side family and like stuff she yeah. didn't even know about till she was like older, like just stuff that only this this person who it was would know like there's interesting stuff so like th that stuff's pretty compelling i mean again mm -hmm. i i don't see why that couldn't be the case um but uh yeah there's a lot of those so i i recommend that surviving death series if you only watch the near death experience one and then the reincarnation one there's also one that's like signs from beyond where it's like somebody's dad died and then a bird shows up for two months and does weird stuff that the dad liked or whatever like that one was I guess kind of interesting it was more interesting than watching the physical medium one where this <laughs> I was laughing at like I just that it wasn't just it wasn't legit to me but whatever um so um it says other academics have taken similar pursuits it says Jim B. Tucker Antonia Mills um Satwant, Parisha, Godwin, Sarah Magrante, and Friedrich Holderson. Holderson? I don't know. Um, let's see here. Um, 
Sam Harris has commented on this stuff. I'm not a big yeah. Sam Harris fan. Uh, Keep your like, comments to yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know Maurice doesn't like him either. I don't like hate him. I just, I don't know. Nothing against him. I just. Hmm. Yeah. He seems to be very sure of the things that he says, which. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be when you're prescribed, when you're subscribing to that ideal that we're going to make a shirt because how many times if somebody can go look it up has my good friend let Maurice speak over here said prescribed described subscribe bro subscribe prescribed we're going to make a shirt subscribe prescribed new shirt coming take me as a pill all right um let's see here skepticism so it says the 14th uh, Dalai Lama had stated that his belief that it would be difficult for science to disprove, to disprove reincarnation. And you have skeptic Carl Sagan asked the Dalai Lama um, what he would do if the fundamental tenet of his religion uh, were definitely disproved by science. And the Dalai Lama answered that if science can disprove uh, reincarnation, Tibetan Buddhism would abandon reincarnation, but it's going to be mighty hard to disprove reincarnation. Carl Sagan considered claims of uh, memories of past lives to be worthy of research, although he considered reincarnation to be unlikely uh, explanation of these. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, and then you just have like a bunch of other kind of people dip their toes in the water in terms of studying the stuff. Uh, let's see if there's any. So like the most famous case to me, the one that really got my attention went through doing this podcast and researching over the past like five years has been Dorothy Edie or Om Seti. If you don't know who Dorothy Edie or Om Seti is, you should go check it out because it's pretty, con it's the most convincing case um, of reincarnation that I've come across and it's somebody that hadn't lost that as they got older. Um, in fact, the older they got, the more they contributed to prove this, uh, was the case. Um, so let's get into it here. Dorothy Edie was born, uh, in 1904 in England or London, England. She died, uh, at the age of 77, uh, in Egypt. Um, let's see here. Her occupation was an author, a draftswoman, antiquities caretaker, and folklorist. Um, she was a practicer of Kemeticism, uh, which is like kind of the Egyptian uh, religion of practicing old religions, if that makes sense. You're mm. practicing the old Egyptian religions. That's what Kemeticism is. Um, Dorothy Louise Eddy, uh, also known as Om Seti, was a British antiques caretaker uh, she was the keeper of the Abydos Temple of Seti I um, and the draftswoman for the Department of Egyptian Antiquities. She is known for her brief uh, that basically this is what it comes out. In a previous life, she had been a priestess in ancient Egypt as well as her considerable historic research in Abydos. Her life and her work have been subject to many articles, television series, and biographies. So, again, she was born in... Um, 1904, she was the only child of Reuben and uh, uh, to Reuben Erst Edie, a master tailor who was born in Woolrich. 
Woolwich, um, and Carolyn Mary. Uh, she was raised in a coastal town at the age. Okay, so at the age of three, she fell down a flight of stairs and briefly uh, appeared to be dead. She began exhibiting strange behavior and asking that she be brought home. She also developed foreign accent syndrome. So foreign accent syndrome, I don't know if anybody's ever heard this. Some people that get in a car accident or fall down stairs or whatever, they'll all of a sudden wake up out of a coma and they can speak a completely different language and they don't know how they can do it or they can play the piano fluently or whatever. Uh, this caused some conflict in her early life. Um, her Sunday school teacher requested that her parents keep uh, keep her away from class because she had been com- she had compared Christianity to heathens, uh, which or with he- oh she compared Christianity with ancient heathen religion, which would be her Egyptian religion. Uh, she was expelled from Dulwich Girls School. She refused to sing a hymn uh, that called to God. Um, instead, she uh, wait. Hold on. Oh, instead she said an Egyptian religion. Um, let's see here. Um, her regular visits to Catholic Mass, which she liked, uh, it reminded her of the old religion. And actually that's funny because, I mean, a lot of Catholicism um, is kind of like a, an amalgamation of like ancient Egyptian and Sumerian rituals and traditions. So that's not, that sounds legit to me. Um Let's see here. Okay, so this is where things get weird. Um, So she was uh, taken by her parents um, uh, to the British uh, Museum and observing a photograph of the New Kingdom Temple in the exhibit room, uh, the young Edie called out, there is my home, uh, but where are the trees? Where are the gardens? The temple was that of Seti I, the father of Ramses the Great. She ran about the halls of the Egyptian room amongst the people, kissing the statue's feet. At this trip, she took every opportunity to visit. After this trip, she took every opportunity to visit the British Museum's rooms. Uh, there, she eventually met E.A. Wallace Budge, who we've mentioned E.A. Wallace Budge a decent amount. I think it was the first episode with Laird Scranton that we did, uh, we go into a little bit about E.A. Wallace Budge, who was kind of an interesting guy in terms of Egyptologist, uh, who was taken by her youthful enthusiasm and encouraged her in the study of hieroglyphs. Uh, after a close escape from the bombing raid during World War II, she moved her uh, to her grandmother's house in Sus- uh, Sussex. Here she continued to study uh, the study of ancient Egypt at the Eastbourne Public Library. Uh, when she was 15, she described a nocturnal visit from a mummy of Pharaoh Seti I. Her behavior coupled with sleepwalking, nightmares, and also led her to um, uh, to be incarcerated in sanatoriums several times. So she was put in the mental hospital a couple times. Um, on leaving school at 16, she then visited museums and archaeology sites around Britain, facilitated by her father's uh, investigations in the nationwide booming uh, cinema industry. Edie became part of the, uh, or a part-time student at Plymouth Art School and began to collect affordable Egyptian antiqu- antiqu- <laughs> antiquities. antiquities. I, can't, I can't talk tonight. Uh, during her period at Portsmouth, she became part of the theater group that on occasion performed, uh, played a story of Isis and Osiris. 
she took the role of Isis and the song uh, of the uh, song, The Lamentation of Osiris' Death, based on Andrew Long's translation. I'm not going to sing this song, so moving on. <laughs> uh, in 1931, she moved to Egypt, um, and uh, she became a teacher of English. Um, or no, she married a teacher of English. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm just out of it right now. Uh, on arriving to Egypt, she kissed the ground and announced that she had come home. Uh, the couple stayed in Cairo uh, at her husband's family, gave her the nickname Bulbul, which means nightingale. Her son named Seti, um, from which derived from her popular nickname, Om Seti, mother of Seti. Uh, after meeting uh, George Reisner's secretary, who commented uh, on her apparent ability to charm snakes, uh, told her the spells of such powers in the early days of the ancient Egyptian literature. Uh, okay, let's see here. I'm going to cut this. So basically, um, you know, the main story is that she was take, She had this fall, okay? She was three years old. They thought she was dead. When she got up, she could start, you know, speaking other languages fluently and uh, thought she was um, a priestess from the days of Ramses I. And she looked at a photograph when they were at the museum and said that that's home, but where are the trees, where are the gardens? So she probably saw a picture of an excavation, which wouldn't have had any of those things from ancient times. So that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes on and I'm not going to read all the stuff, but she goes on, um, and becomes like one of the huge uh, contributors to Egyptology. She finds all these sites that nobody else found. She contributed to a lot of stuff. Um, even um, other, she was like very well regarded among other Egyptologists. It wasn't like she was like a pseudoscience, like wacko or anything. Like she was actually revered uh, among other people. And, you know, it was known that she had this like weird connection kind of a thing too. So um, it says, according to the late John A. Wilson, head of Oriental Institute, uh, he called the Dean of uh, American uh, Egyptology by contemporaries. Uh, Om Seti deserved to be treated as a responsible scholar. Um, she was a source for modern scholarship. She again, she helped tons of uh, tons of uh, archaeologists, and yeah. So I mean, this is one of the more I think. Um, Validated yeah. experiences. It says, Carl Sagan considered Ohm Seti as a living, intelligent, um, dedicated woman who made real contributions to Egyptology. This is true whether her belief in reincarnation is fact or fantasy. Uh, he viewed such phenomenon as being rooted in the fear of death that the humankind has commonly sought uh, reassurance in the form of an afterlife. He pointed out that there was no independent record other than her own accounts to verify that she claimed, um, I mean, let's see here. It says, it says, uh, hold on. It says a psychiatrist who specialized in adolescent behavior speculated that Dorothy Edie's fall down the stairs as a child may have resulted in damage to her, um, her, uh, her brain, her, what does that say, locus ceruleus, uh, which would have resulted in the dislocation from her surroundings, resulting in uh, the embracement of an uh, obsession. Um, 
The psychologist Michael Gruber noted that Ohm said he lived a functional life in so-called everyday reality, including her work in Egyptology. Uh, let's see, she embroidered stuff, made jewelry. So, I mean, look, um, the whole, uh, what's that called again? When The uh, foreign language syndrome or whatever, is that what it's called? Sounds about right. It's, it's definitely not it since you think it's right. <laughs> um, what is Go it? Go with here? the opposite of Dogen. Dogo. Um, I'll find it. Uh, anyways, so I don't know. I think that that whole, I th- I don't know. Like I said, I think this is the most credible one. Um, it sounds like it is the most credible foreign, one. Foreign accent syndrome. That's what it's called. Oh, you were close. Um, so the way I think about it's this. I think two things are possible. One, something got knocked around and she is the reincarnation and, and she had access to something that maybe not everybody has access to at all times, you know, only something that can be accessed through whatever way, I guess, through an accident or something or some sort of experience, but, um, or maybe when she got knocked out, something else in somebody else's soul inhabited her. I don't know. I don't don't believe that necessarily, not necessarily, but I mean, I guess anything's possible based on what we're talking about right now. Um, the other thing, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot is we've discussed like epigenetics and stuff like that. Who's not to say that her, I mean, I would like to see her genetics. Maybe she's connected to this priestess through genetics and we know DNA is crazy and there's all sorts of things that can be tapped into in DNA. So maybe she was able to access some sort of like history or like, um, um, like memory within the DNA or something like their DNA strand or something, you know? Yeah. I'm reading a book right now. that's talking about traumas built into DNA and then it trickles down through the family line. So there's that. And then I guess the only other option would be like you said, like we're radio, our brains are radio receivers and maybe she tapped into somebody else's frequency, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. Obviously we don't know what can happen if you get yourself to the highest level of uh of the vibration and that mm. might be what happened with christ he Maybe. could have been such an evolved person that he i mean the people say that that you're achieving uh what's it called enlightenment well but i mean the christ thing is different because supposedly he was resurrected which means that that would have been his body like right. he would he would have came back in his own body as opposed to the reincarnation which you're coming back in somebody else's body or something else or whatever. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I mean But isn't but isn't being born again in in a different If you look at heaven and boil it down to more scientific terms, you're essentially being your your soul so is like going what, to so, a so, dimension, so, so you kind you of saying? are so, being reborn. I guess you could say that maybe in that regards, then something that would be interesting, to, like a thought experiment. I'm not saying I believe this, but it's a thought experiment that maybe Christ would have been the first person to be reincarnated into his own body, hence resurrection. Yeah, but even his body, wasn't he just wasn't his soul just resurrected to heaven? 
Hmm? I mean, people saw him supposedly like afterwards. Like they didn't see. I don't think they saw. I don't know. I don't think from they the saw story f- that I've read is his body disappeared from the tomb. Yeah, and the rock was like over the the whole the whole time or whatever. You know, like. Uh huh. But people and then saw some people. I think like uh, people saw him after though. Peter thought that they, that someone stole his body, but then no. But I'm there saying people. No I forget who saw him after, but somebody saw him after, um, and that's where that whole stuff comes from. Like he was seen as himself kind of a thing, you know. Hmm. But you're right. Like it's not like he got back up into his body, his own body, and then you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, again, it's it's how literal do you take the term? Because again, if you're if you're going to heaven, that is a form of of reincarnation in my eyes. That you're being taken to a new dimension and being reborn again. I don't know what the definition of reincarnation is. Yeah. Obviously, it probably just it changes throughout. No, I mean the definition of reincarnation is that you your soul incarnates into another. Yeah, it says the rebirth of a soul in a new body. Yeah. So So, yeah, I guess being going to heaven wouldn't necessarily be reincarnation because your soul is just being elevated to a different place. You're not becoming a more. You're not re. You're not reincarnating in in a, a material form. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's just very bizarre to think about. I don't know. I mean, when it's I meditate fun. too, like I, like where do these people say when they're like, "I have this past life." Like, I want to know what that feels like. Is that like a deja vu thing, or is it like they legit think that they were a different person before? Mm, I don't know, my man. It is cool though. Oh, is it cool, Maurice? Well, I'm just glad that there's more people on board with uh, there is something else. And is it because I want to believe that things continue? Probably, there's definitely a little bit of that in us. But also, why do we believe it so, so with so much conviction? Is it because it's built into us because it's real? That's the other way you can look at it. You know, and the other thing is like, you know, I think about like a lot of people like, I don't know. I think if you, when you take this path of like learning more things or becoming like enlightened, I know that's kind of like a stupid term, but. Um, it's not a stupid term at all. Why is it stupid? No, but I'm just saying like, it's just cliche. But like, if you are taking this path of like knowledge and you're trying to learn more and whatever, I don't think it's a waste of time. So like, let's say nothing happens when you die. This is all just an accident. I can tell you for fact that me getting into all this stuff has made me a better person because it's opened my mind up to so many more things and made me more sympathetic to a lot of things and empathetic and um, trying to put myself in other people's shoes and the way they think and how they feel about things and things like that and also trying to understand the nature of reality. So I think regardless if there is anything, I think it's important to learn these things and talk about them because I think it makes you a better person. I really do. Um, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I don't think it's a waste of time. I know some people I've seen people talk about that and the path of knowledge is a hard, lonely path sometimes. But like I said, I think there is something to be gained from it. So, Mm -hmm. but anything else you want to add here? No, that was a very good, uh, lessons with all the different people and different types and we could go on for you know you could take each one of those individually and really unpack but 
No, I, 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 that was a very good episode. I enjoyed that. Oh, good. Um, that's the goal of the podcast. I always like the esoteric stuff. Yeah, a little bit more. And in, in today's world, anything that isn't concrete science, I guess, is esoteric. So, you know, a hundred, two hundred years ago, this stuff would be a little bit more uh, interesting. That it would be that all religion and stuff is more mainstream back then. But I guess that's just the nature of what's going on. Um. Yeah. I mean. You know, it, there's there's different, uh, you know, all this stuff's like cycles. Like, yeah, stuff like this will be popular and then it won't be popular. It's like, for me, I always, like, how do I think of something? How do I think of the next reincarnation? Like, how do I come up with, like, a thought experiment or, like, a concept or an idea like that? Mm-hmm. Not even to get other people to believe it, just to, like, for my own thinking. And Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever... Absolutely. And I, I know you feel the same way about music. Like, how can I write? Because anything you do is going to have touches of so many other musicians and influences and whatever. But how can you do something, like, truly original? And I think people still respond to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think that the 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 only attribute that all humans possess is they're able to sniff out the crap or the fakeness. And we were kind of talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone does something just for for views or for money or for for not the true purpose of creating art which is to express a feeling then other humans will sniff that out and and call bs on the whole charade i think that we're all very very keen on all that you know what i'm saying like we can tell that's why i think we respect actors so much is because we like to be able to see someone take on a role that is completely separate from who they are and really dive into that we react to that we we love watching good acting. It's definitely an elevation of art. I, at least for me, I love acting and things like that. But when someone does something that's true to their heart, write a song, it doesn't have to be the most complicated. If it's coming from their heart, then I think we, we all can, can adapt to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and react to that. I meant not adapt. When I was, uh, on my vacation and, um, chilling out and trying to soak up the sun, um, mm-hmm. I started to like look around, like what are other shows, you know, just check in on other podcasts and things I've been interested in over the years and just look at and the people that follow us on social media and people we follow and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I gotta be honest. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of stuff that we've had an influence on, whether I'm not saying people like copy off of us or anything like that, but stuff we've been talking about where not that many other people are talking about, you know? Yeah. Like I've, and, and I, I, you know, look, I've seen people that I know watch the show or have like, it's like we'll do an episode and then they'll post something the next day where it's like, oh, they're doing just, a reincarnation episode. Tomorrow. No, no, we it's not, it's not even lot. like that. It's like very specific. <laughs> I don't know, but, but it's like very specific stuff, like ideas and stuff, or they'll like say something or pull out the same. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah, get I into it. Yeah, I saw another place with a t-shirt that says, let Johnny speak. <laughs> For real? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. No, um, no but that, that would be a little too close to, for, to home. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about more of our like philosophical views and like some of our hypotheses and theories. And I know some of the ones that you've had are like ones that other people have had before. And same thing with me and whatever. Like we've obviously mm-hmm. been influenced, whatever. But I know that there's some stuff that we've talked about that's been super original um, too. And like for instance, 
um, from the beginning of the, the podcast, I mean, the only person I can think of that was talking about this kind of stuff would be like Andrew Gallimore, maybe a couple other people like that whole alien psychedelic connection, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's something we've been talking about for how long for like ever. Right. Um, yeah. And now you see people posting about it on like UFO Twitter. Like it's like they've known about it and it's their pet theory. And, you know, so it's like stuff like that. Like, again, I'm not looking for any sort of credit or whatever, but it's just, I hope we're influencing people and influencing these topics and things like that. But, um, yeah, I got it. It's, it's what you, uh, like, what do you think that, that ideas are, individual or do you think they're floating all around us because that's it's happened to me at least 10 times with my comedy which it's actually it's it's a it's like a nice little pat on the back that i wrote a like a skit that a big comedian's working on too it shows that that idea literally i i did a uh, we we had an idea about middle-aged mutant ninja turtles (laughs) and then i was watching a show the other day and they're they're talking about middle-aged mutant ninja turtles and i was like oh my god but so, so again, I it's almost like uh it's like I said a pat on the back that like my my comedy is 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 up the same up to snuff that these other people that these bigger comedians that have millions of people following them are kind of on the same page and I I came up with that idea a couple years ago so 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 I'm fine with that and I I like like I said I hope we spark discussion and get people to think about these things and start talking about them themselves and build off ideas and theories and whatever what I'm talking about though is more of like exact things that we've talked about being like almost presented as it's these other people's original ideas. And even though we even took parts of what we're saying from other people, they're not giving anybody credit they're acting like it's their own thing and whatever. Like I said, I'm not going to call anybody out or whatever, but it's just, it's stuff like that. And like, I'm not even talking about like, whatever i'm not gonna get into it but it's just yeah uh, we this guy's got some beef ladies and gentlemen tune in next week it's, no no it's, Michael it's, it's, breaks the beef it's not a beef it's just <laughs> i'm not even talking about really like other specific like everybody you, you know you know the shows we've been cool with or the people we've had on the shows like everybody we're cool with we're cool with but i'm talking about like random people i'll see like that somebody i know follows or things like that it just seems like stuff's been I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they're listening to us or if it's like the idea that the the um, the archaeologists say like, oh, the people came up with the idea for pyramids all around the same time. Is that what's happening here? Some sort of collective unconscious where maybe those people didn't hear our show or read this book that we read or whatever, and they came up with it. I don't know, but it just seems like I'm watching other people make that jump after it's already been put out there a hundred times. And then they finally have gone through all the other options of things to talk about. So now that's, you know what I'm saying? It just feels like that. It doesn't really yeah. feel like it's genuine, but whatever. Again, I'm not, it is what it is, my man. I know only you can be you. So again, it's, I think it's all positive stuff, especially Dude, we're talking about going. reincarnation. That's not true. All right. Only I can't be I. I'm going to be somebody else in the next <laughs> life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm all about giving credit. Like we talk about, we always give Plato or Young or this author or that author. We have the authors on our show all the time. We always give everybody credit. I would just like to see more people or like part-time researchers or weekend warrior types give, you know, like if you're going to quote somebody, put the person's name at the bottom or whatever. Absolutely, like, like young or keel or you know whatever. So yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. 
so but yeah that's pretty much it um i uh i'm booking a bunch of guests coming up here i don't see any foreseeable long breaks again we just kind of saw a window my wife and i and we took our our little guy on his first uh vacation and went on both coasts of florida had a great time um yeah you gotta live your life yeah absolutely we had a great time and uh we still we're still working on the documentary. We've added a few more people. That's what's taking a little bit longer now. So we gotta, you know, just mix in some stuff there. Um, but yeah, everything's moving along as planned, and uh, we still plan on releasing the documentary later this year. We still uh, plan on having a bunch of cool, kick-ass guests coming up, and uh, yeah, looking Beautiful. forward to. Uh, this summer for sure we're gonna get some some work done we're gonna get back in the swing of things i know we've been doing fewer shows but we'll get back into doing the back to the one or two a week at least so good good stuff all right well before we get out of here uh everybody head on over to our patreon at patreon.com slash podcast for just two dollars a month you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments uh we are also on discord um, again, I am working on getting all of our audio episodes that were taken down because we switched from SoundCloud back onto Patreon. It's just audio files, so look for that. Um, and if you're interested, head on over to our merch store and check out our cool designs. We have more uh, designs than what's on here, too. I'll be adding some coming up as well, maybe a uh, Xerxes Floods and Fires one. Yeah, maybe. Um, and maybe what was what was the prescribe? Prescribe prescribes. What was it? Prescribes and what was it? Subscribes. Subscribes and prescribes. We'll have a. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll Maurice do that. Maurice prescribes a subscription. There you go. And then head on over to indrasweb.org. It is live. Sign up for a profile. We are working on getting the app store, but hopefully that will be soon. Uh, I got to see what's going on with that. And one more time, at the end of the month, we are going to give away this Mind Escape t-shirt. We already gave away one last month. Um, congratulations again to Tom. And I'm going to re-enter the people that did not win the last couple months to this new one. And if you're interested in uh, winning this Mind Escape t-shirt, we do only have larges and mediums left. But if you're interested in winning, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Take a screenshot of it and send it to mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. That will enter you to win. And I will pick a winner at the end of May. We will probably uh, send it out early June. So look for that. And that is it. We are going to maybe do a Let Maurice Speak 2 coming up here. Maurice has got some new music. I have a couple links down below the video here. Uh, So go check out Dogo, his band, D-O-E-G-O-E. And uh, pretty good stuff, if I may say so myself. And I'm a pretty harsh critic. so Thank you, sir. Um, go check that out, and we will do another Maurice Let Maurice Speak Part 2, and we will maybe even air Maurice's newest music video, which has been entered into multiple film festivals. So congratulations, Maurice. Not, not just entered, but actually accepted. Ooh, entered to win. Because anyone can enter. <laughs> okay. I don't know how that works. So you just enter, you pay the fee, you entered. All right. Well, then he's on the docket to win. 
So yep. go, can you can people vote on any of those things or what? No, that... not the not the ones that we're in. It's just up to the the judges. So All we'll right. see what develops. We got a big one coming up next Saturday where we actually go and get to watch the video in a movie theater, and that should be pretty interesting. So we're looking forward to that. All right. Well, yeah, check that out. And again, we will do an episode on that and uh, get all of his stuff out there. And I just, uh, I've been pulling my guitar out as well lately. So maybe we will do some sort of Patreon jam stuff going yeah, forward. Yeah, baby. And Let's get, get some, crazy. Get some playing going back and forth. Maybe Maurice and I will do a guitar off at some point. Yeah, baby. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Blues, blues yeah, jam. That's all off. I can play. So, <laughs> oh yeah, follow Maurice on uh, what's your handle? The the Dogo one is it Dogo on Instagram? Dogo Band, Dogo, Dogo Band, Detroit. Yeah. On Instagram, he's he's doing crazy jams, folks. If you want to see Maurice shred the blues on a Telecaster, go check it out. Yeah, Dogo Detroit on Instagram. All right, all right. Well. Uh, Stay safe out there, everybody. We love everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.